touchdown. Oh, I'm meeting brunch with my people though. The homie Dyke just cooked up a feast and we bout to eat it, bro. Fucked around and has to miss the lobster with the protein. Daddy is rolling blow dream. Them boys got down a routine. It's nap town culture. Cooking seven courses. Had to pass the torch and now I'm grabbing second portion. So sit back, relax, grab a drink and a smoke. It's all the brunch on the way and get prepared for the jokes. Whoa. Hi, and welcome to the Heart of Brunch Podcast. I'm your host, Dyke Michaels. With me is, not as always, <laughs> my co-host, special fill-in co-host for the day, Dustin Burkert. Slappy pappy, wah wah! On the ones, the twos, the wheels of steel, <laughs> from the Fresh and Clean Podcast, special guest star producer, BJ Robbins. Flyover Media is here. Um, I just want to, Zach, I miss you and I love you. Thank you guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you guys. <laughs> thank you guys both for coming in and filling in today. We have a, a very special first time guest in studio, and we had made uh, plans. We all agreed we weren't going to do a podcast this weekend. And I found out that our guest was coming. That I was like, we'll, we'll put together a skeleton crew. We'll figure it out. We'll bring in the ringers. Uh, Anna Bianco. Hello, well, hello. Bianco, right? Yeah, yeah. But whatever comes out. What 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 what, what flavor do you like it? <laughs> Mm, I prefer it never to be spoken. Just never <laughs> under the just radar. Just to be non-flavor. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, imperceivable. Oh yeah, I don't like being perceived personally. <laughs> Do you get? Because like I, I got to say the re- the reason I was a fan is because I was like, there's two people, I guess in recent memory, you and like Dustin uh, Nickerson, that like just came across all of my social medias in the past couple of years and it was just like, whether I wanted to or not. And I was just like, <laughs> and to be clear, you did not want to, <laughs> but I was just like, yeah, I liked, I like, uh, you have great like crowd interactions and like, I don't know. It was just like this, this gal's got moxie. I don't know. <laughs> and then I saw you were coming to, uh, Bloomington to Hoppy Wobbles. And I was like, why is this New York comic coming to Hoppy Wobbles? She doesn't need, she's better than that room. And then I realized, oh, you have family in Bloomington. Uh, first of all, no one's better than Hoppy Wobbles. <laughs> Hoppy Wobbles is the finest, <laughs> the <laughs> finest bar show in the Bloomington area. <laughs> it's the only one I've done. Yeah, um, okay. And it was actually the time I did it, it was some guy's first time doing comedy, I think. He was like an MMA guy or like oh. some kind of fighter. Mm-hmm. Ari. Had, yeah. He had like an, an ear thing from the fights. Call of fire. Yes. Yeah. Um, and, but his whole family was there. Okay. Yeah. It was amazing. So it was, it was a nice crowd because a lot of times the problem with that particular, like there's no one there. Probably because they can't remember the name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the, the first time I had a bad experience there. The first time I went it, because it was like the guy who booked me on the show wasn't even there. And he's like, Oh, the, <laughs> he was like the bartender will run it. And then we got there and it was just like a whole thing. And it was just like, nobody was there. Oh. And we were doing like, we were doing it specifically because they give you extra time to do like longer sets. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I don't want to do 45 minutes in front of Noah. Like, yeah. this is terrible. And then they have a mic afterwards. So everyone showed up after. And then it like, just got me even more pissed off. I was yeah. like, wait, now the people are showing up? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the first time I got to do 20 minutes was there because right. it was like a good workout room to take chances. But you're right. Nobody was, nobody was there. It's just totally thankless running a bar show. Because people yeah. so often, it's so hard to make people show up to it. Yeah. That show, it's like, it's so, there's like a huge window in the front. So it's light. It's daylight yeah. within the room. Mm-hmm. 
Just, oh just great God. for comedy. Oh no, it's good to be able to look your friends in the eye <laughs> when I feel while like, you bum. I feel like it's on like the non-college side of town too. Mm-hmm. So I feel like it's it's in Bloomington, but it's still like a, it's like a towny bar. It's not like you're not getting yeah. like walk-in college students, yeah. like, you know, the, to pop in. Uh, but anyway, I got off track here. I was saying that you're you're. Cl- I, I want to know your secrets because I feel like <laughs> I feel like you have these clips that just go everywhere and like. Like, they're great. I mean, they're funny. But, like, I knew about you well before I ever met you just from these clips coming all across America. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, thank you, first of all. Um, But it definitely is because that is the other, like, job that I do when I have to pick up jobs. I do social media for people. Oh, okay. And um, it's very much about thinking what would people want to respond to, which is much easier for women because uh, most of my initial success was just people – being like she's not funny mm-hmm. i hope she dies yeah like in general like appearance stuff um it's good as a if like if you post i've got a big nose whatever it's fine but if you post about that then mm. they realize it and they'll all comment it and any engagement is mm. what makes something do well so you're feeding yeah. you're feeding the trolls yes it's like that's ah. totally and you've got to mute it like you don't want to really take any of that feedback because yeah. the positive is also not true none of it's true yeah um <laughs> But then eventually you do find people who actually like your comedy, you know, in a couple couple yeah, months eventually. Yeah, yeah. But that does mean you can post a lot of stuff that's pretty low quality. Like I wouldn't necessarily stand by every single thing that I've posted. Sure. Sometimes I just know like, okay, this will feed it this week. But now I'm trying to make a shift back. I think I'm going to burn a bunch of material and just mm, post material actual, for a little Yeah, good clips. Yeah. yeah, and then I'll delete it in like six months and reset that. I, you just you look like you're having a real good time up there, and it's like you like there's a face and it's in a bunch of your clips where it's like the moment that you realize someone said something stupid <laughs> and giving you the in. Yeah, and I was just like, man, she's having a good time up there. Because I'm the opposite crowd. I don't enjoy doing crowd work. Like if someone drops a tray of nachos or something, like I'll, you know, comment on it. But like I my question is because people see they see clips like that and they come to your show. Do they want to engage with you even more and like mix it up? But you like that, right? Like that's you. You would welcome that. No, I honestly I think my energy is not that warm on stage. And so in general, people don't want to try to talk to me because most of the time, if I post the crowd work, I guess it's not, if I post heckle stuff, they don't look good by the end of it. And so in general, I think unless people are invited to talk to me, they usually, I don't have a huge problem with that. Mm. Um, And I don't really encourage it generally. I'm trying to get better at, uh, I think maybe it was Rory Scovel who said something about like, whatever happens in the room, he tries to get excited about it and embrace it. I don't do that. I get angry. Yeah. And, oh, okay. <laughs> uh, so I'm trying to be more like, okay, how could I use this as opposed to how can I mm. shut it down as quickly as possible? I'm still there. I'm still yes. on that because I, I was headlining a bar show like a, a week ago. <laughs> yep. And there was just like one guy, one guy in the room that was talking. And, but I could tell it was like pissing the other comics off. It was pissing off some people that had come to see me. And I just, I have no medium switch. It was just like, hey. And I was just like, can you shut the fuck up, please? And in my head, because I said, please, it was nice, you know? Yeah. And then he was like, oh, what, me? And I was like, yeah, you asshole. And, like, yeah. I just, and then I just lost the entire audience. And I yeah. had to spend the next five minutes like being like, I'm not a monster, I promise. I have done that. I've gotten too mean a, a couple of times. Um, 
Yeah, it's like a balance because sometimes it's funny. Like sometimes if you're yeah. having an honest response, that's funny to people. But yeah, sometimes you're just a monster. <laughs> I think and then you got a joke. You reset the room. Fine. But yeah, in that moment. Well, like a lady <laughs> dropped a water bottle after that and she looked terrified to pick it up. <laughs> and I was like, no, man, come on. Like, <laughs> that's the gonna... thing. Like a lot of people don't see the heckling as negative, so they don't understand why you attack the person. Yeah. Like they're like, oh, they were, they they were, were helping fun. the they show. They were participating. Yeah. yeah. Someone's got to help the show. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, a lot of the clips, because they are showing crowd mm-hmm. work clips, and some of them think that's mm-hmm. what the show is going to, should be about or. Totally. And they. Well, and if you're like, so I opened for like Rocky Dell Davis, and I would say the majority of his set is kind of mixing it up with the with the audience and people come to see that and they mm-hmm. like that, but then they expect like the host and the feature to do that too. And it's just like, no, that's kind of the headliners Inter- thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like you're not really allowed to. Yeah. You don't want to pick, pick over all the, like I, like I noticed you in the back, like when they were doing, I was like, Oh, she's watching the whole show and like, yeah, keeping track of what's being said and what's not. Cause like the worst thing ever is like going to a mic where like the 25th person goes up and asks the same. And usually it's like a comics boyfriend or girlfriend that's sitting in the front row. Like, oh, where are you from? Like, we've been over this. And then they'll never come back. Yeah. yeah. They just had this awful experience. I was actually surprised last night. Like, not, not, you guys didn't do a ton of crowd work. Yeah. I wasn't sure if people were saving it for me or if it just like isn't really a thing out here. Um, I don't, there's not a lot of, I would say, there's not a lot of like crowd work comics down no. here, no. and there's some like Brent or Hune can mix it up. I mean, like there's definitely people. Like I think it's a thing that I would like to have in my toolkit, but like I I, I write material, so I want to go up there and do the material. Like yeah, um, but I will also want to have a better response than shut the fuck up. <laughs> <laughs> I think like two things. I host. I used to host more than I do now in New York. And in New York, if you host, you do crowd work. Mm. Like that's uh, much more standard. Yeah. Uh, I think because it's a showcase show, not a headliner show. Yeah. So it's a very different dynamic. And you don't want to do the same like 10 minutes, or eight minutes, whatever. Every yeah. Day, yeah. And also in New York, often it's tourists. And so you have so many different kinds of people that you require a little bit more breaking them. Um, or breaking them in, I guess. Not yeah. <laughs> breaking their <laughs> spirits. So I do it for that. But also, I mean, you're higher energy than I am, I think. You're not high mm, energy, but yeah. no. Was it the sparklers? Was <laughs> it the sparklers I lit? But I, uh, I can get, I can make people a little sleepy. Mm. And I'm a little thinky, I think. I think, yeah, I know I'm getting very intellectual. <laughs> what a sophisticate. But it's helpful to have crowd work to break that rhythm if mm. people disengage from yeah, it. Yeah, chop it up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, w- one thing I noticed, and it like, makes sense now because you have a theater background, and like I would have assumed you've been doing comedy twice as long as, as you've been doing comedy. Mm-hmm. But it's what I, I noticed in my personal... Um, I guess dealings with people around here is that anyone that comes from like an improv background or like an acting background and then go into stand up, they already start off. They're already so comfortable on stage. Yeah. And it's just like, like if you can write a decent joke then you're like golden. Mm-hmm. So like, I've always noticed that with people coming, like there's always like the joke, like improv stand up, like rivalry sharks versus jets. <laughs> yeah. Um, yep. But honestly, I don't think I can't think of anyone that's come from improv that did stand up. That wasn't pretty good starting off with, or like better than someone starting off cold. Yeah. I mean, uh, Oh, go ahead. Oh, I was going to say I'm, I'm the exception. To Except that for role. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I did two improv classes and then started stand up. And just imagine how bad you would have been without those classes, though. It would have been rough. I'd still be. 
I always no. think of it as like when you're on stage, you're processing a lot of information. Mm-hmm. And if you have some sort of performance background already, you can just take some of that processing out. So you just start from an easier place. It's yeah. it's a th- like I don't know how to put it into word like when like a like an open micer if I I had to tell them like I would I don't know how to put it into words what you're doing that they're not doing but there's something there and it's just like I don't know like I don't know how to explain stage presence to somebody I there's a thing I learned in school it's like first circle second circle third circle first circle is when you're totally internal. That's like introvert. You're only dealing with yourself and you can be talking to someone from that, but you're like looking down and not connecting to them. Okay. Second is an exchange. Like you're taking in information from them. You're giving information to them. And third is pushing out. That's like, you're only yelling towards them, but you're not taking any of them in. Mm. And I think generally two. Yeah. You want to be in two, Mm -hmm. but it's harder. Most people, like if they have no performance background, start in one because they can't take it in or because they can't, um, put themselves out, put out a point of view. And then some performers start in three. Yeah. Because they I'm don't a, know. I'm how a three. Look. Yeah. <laughs> I'm a three. Oh, no. You got, you got two. <laughs> but I think that's it for a lot of new people. They're just, they have too much going on to really take in the audience and do their thing at the same time. I've noticed that there's like comics that start off and they'll be like, like there's some comics that have great stage presence and then just they don't know how to write a joke. Like they just don't know mm-hmm. what it. And then there's some people that are great writers, and they're just so awful on stage. <laughs> like there was a couple of people I was like, if I could just merge you two together, yeah. it'd, be, it'd be great comedy. Yeah. And in some ways, I think the writing is the easiest part. Like if you sit down and write for thirty minutes an hour a day, you'll get jokes. Now they might not all fit together. Like if you don't have a persona to like set those yeah, jokes, it's right. gonna seem deranged as an hour, and people might not laugh. But I mean, there's some people around here that <laughs> I don't know of amount of years or yeah. like they keep trying. <laughs> wow, like, there's a point where it's embarrassing to say how long you've been doing comedy. Yeah. Like yeah. if you've been doing comedy for 13 years and you're still an open micer, then I'm just like, I wouldn't tell anybody that anymore. Yeah. But then like, you never know. Like <laughs> <laughs> everyone just imagined someone very specific. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't know if they all listen to the harder broad, so we won't <laughs> name names. <laughs> but I think that like some, some of those people, something clicks Yeah. and suddenly they're great because mm. they just weren't able to translate their ideas to the audience yet. And finally uh-huh. they figure out how to do it. But then often it never clicks. And- right. <laughs> I was like, how how yeah, patient like, do we have to sometimes be? Sometimes people <laughs> wake up from comas, but how often is that? Yeah, and they yeah, then they make posts. Why am I not getting booked? Or yeah. I, I want to get booked, and I'm yeah, it's it's a tough conversation or to tell them like, I always, like you haven't clicked yet. Still. Yeah, like it's you're not getting laughs and that's that's the thing like i think the biggest <laughs> are you speaking directly to dustin <laughs> did you did you do your prep research on me i'm sorry i just looked into your eyes you can see You're the funny. no i i've never seen your stand up i think the, the most important quality in stand-up comedy it's like none of the like can you do act outs it's not anything it's can you take feedback Mm, and yeah. if you can't take feedback, you're never going to be good. Yeah. You might be good once in a while. It's like a kid holding a baseball bat and spinning in a circle. Like you'll hit it sometimes. Mm. But if you can't take the feedback, you'll never 
learn. I agree, but I also think at the beginning, like you don't like for me, like I didn't know who the people were that I should trust their feedback. Totally. Yeah. There's people that I mean, I remember getting tags <gasps> from people at the beginning that now I look back on them like you had the audacity to give me a tag, <laughs> but yeah. I didn't know who they were. So I was like, this could be the best comic in the world. And I was like, no, it yeah. was always the worst comics that are trying to. Give you that hot tag. Yeah, you know exactly who I'm thinking of. Because I think once you're good, you know that, like, okay, you might have a really good tag, but if you don't understand the person you're giving it to's mm-hmm. voice, right. it's yes. not useful to them. You yeah. might be taking them in the wrong direction. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. This isn't something I would never say. Or never I give you those about. hot N-word tags all the time, Dustin. <laughs> you never once use them. You use them off stage, but you will not use them on stage. I would have liked to stand up so much better. You yeah. know? I mean, a couple. Well, Thad said I could, since I'm filling in for him, I can, yeah, yeah. I can try a couple new jokes here. Let's try, it after, the, let's try it after the break. Let's try it after the first break. So we make it to the first one. Uh, so you, um, you went to school in Indiana, in the high school in Bloomington. Yeah, yeah. And then you got the hell out of here. Yes. Most of the best of Smart. us do. Uh, you go to New York for acting. Mm-hmm. And... Like, so what was, like, what was your plan just going to college for acting? Like, what kind of acting were you interested in? Um, I, so I went to NYU and my, I had like five schools where if I didn't get into one of them, I was just going to take a year off because, Mm. you know, it's not really worth it to go to like a bad acting school. Um, cause it's so much about like your connections and that stuff. Yeah. Uh, so I did, I came in. I think I wanted to do Shakespeare, maybe like not realizing mm. there were like two women and <laughs> I'm like, it's just not a good. Uh... Yeah. And so I did that. I did. I kind of did everything for a while. And then I graduated from the studio I was in at the end was the experimental theater studio. Mm. Um, so that like I my thesis, I guess, what is what you'd call it? It was a electronic musical about a man with lobster claws for hands. <laughs> um, it has not been staged since college. Sounds intriguing. Yeah, no, it was a uh, yeah, pretty high quality, really cerebral work. Um, but yeah, so that was the plan. I was going to do theater specifically, not film. Okay. Um, and just stick in New York, do, uh, do regional stuff as it came up. But the union for acting, especially when I was coming up, is pretty brutal. Mm. It's like you have to work union shows to get union points to join the union, but you wow. can't audition for those shows unless you have a union card. Uh, and there's like ways it, it's not like total, but it, yeah. it meant a lot of getting there at like 6 a.m. and then waiting until five to see if someone drops. Uh, oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just very silly. Yeah. And then when did, when did you transition into stand-up comedy or when did you start going like, like what? Like what prompted that first yeah. open mic? I was in a play called Rock Paper Scissors, um, where I played a rock. <laughs> <laughs> and, Some awesome uh, plays. Yeah, it was, hands. <laughs> it was very experimental. Um, and the, I think the rock couldn't have feelings, and so feelings would be like put on the rock with silly putty. Okay. Um. So me, they would put silly putty yeah. on me. Yeah. Uh, and then our final show, like paper didn't show up. Uh, oh, fucking flaky paper. Classic paper. <laughs> it was just so bad. Like, because with experimental theater, it's very hard to know if it's good or not. Yeah. Um, and most of the time, it's not. Mm. And so I started. Try- I had a friend who was doing stand up, and I started doing it because it seemed much clearer when it's good and when it's bad. Like, obviously, there's some nuance, yeah. but if they're laughing, yeah, there was something good. If yeah, they're not you can laughing, get some more instant feedback. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so that was kind of what prompted me to make a switch. 
And <laughs> I just love it. Her last role was a rock. Yeah. Like, <laughs> that was her rock bottom. Hey, yeah. Yeah. You, you could have combined that and then they are lot you could have had rock lobster and you could have had B fifty two. That that was the bow uh, song for the Western musical. Yes. Yeah. It's bad to be young. BJ's just shaking his yeah, that's a rock in a hard place to be, right? <laughs> there, there it is. There it is. Uh, oh, I, is this a suggestion then that we talk about Tinker Coffee? Tinker Coffee, as you as you had earlier, BJ. Now, you're amazing. Not, you're not a, spa- a paid spokesperson. No, no. I just gave you some coffee, and you you were gushing about it. I am. Uh, it was amazing. It was smooth. Like you could just. It was great. Like I recommend it. Um, I just placed an order on my phone for it, so it'll be shipped to my house. Did you use promo code brunch? Of course I did. I've been following the show since uh, the beginning. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can have it delivered right to your door. Twenty five percent off your first order if you use promo code brunch. It really has ruined me for like road coffee. Like when I go to stay at a hotel or whatever, and then like hit up the continental breakfast. I get I was so excited. And then I have that room coffee, <laughs> which seems so convenient. It's mm. right there. It's ready to go. And then I take that first sip and I'm like, oh, Tinker, I miss you. That's yeah. how they get you. I miss you. Uh, what, what are your, what's your least favorite thing about like doing comedy on the road? Mm, I think it's mostly that you just don't know what you're walking into. Mm-hmm. So you don't necessarily know what the vibe of the space like. It's not just like where where they're on the political spectrum, but also like, do they want because there are a lot of people who have a conception of comedy that's like a high energy mm. kind of dirty man who yells. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and that's great. Like those guys are so they, there are a lot of very, very good guys who do that. Yeah. But it's not what I do. And so sometimes when I get on stage, people are like very disappointed <laughs> and it's like, oh, well, I still have 40 minutes. Yeah. So <laughs> I guess we'll just keep going. So much time left. Yeah, definitely uh, the uncertainty. Oh, and asking to get paid. That's such a nightmare. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. When you have to like go and be like, so do we need to settle up? Or? Yeah. yeah. Especially, yeah, especially when you're trying to get out of there. Yeah. You're just like, I feel bad. I held some people hostage one time on a show <laughs> because it was like early days of everything. Early days of me doing comedy, early days of me booking shows. And I had asked, I'd asked these people to do a podcast. They were spending the night, I set them up in an Airbnb. And they were supposed to do a podcast the next day. Mm-hmm. And I just had the feeling they were just going to cut out and not do the podcast. Yeah. So I was like, I'll pay you guys after the podcast tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> so funny. And they stayed for the podcast? Yeah, they had to. Yeah, yeah, right. Right. Yeah. All right. That's about right. They did a great job. Yeah. <laughs> no, like I, I had so much. Like when I first started, we fell into these venues that were so nice. Yeah. Like we had no business running shows and we we had a a weekly open mic that was just in a heavily trafficked area of like uh, Fletcher Place, Fountain mm-hmm. Square downtown. Mm-hmm. And so people would come to the open mic like it was a show. And oh. so it was just, it was really great. It was like one of the best mics there for a while. And then the place we did shows right across the street at a distillery that I worked at. Mm-hmm. So we got the space for free. The distillery would give the comics like swag bags and stuff. Oh. They would comp yeah. their drinks. They had an Airbnb on site that we could use for free for the comics. Oh. Like it was just like all of this stuff that like, and then it just got worse and worse as it went on. <laughs> we just started losing amenities as yeah. we eventually went on. But like, I remember I put these two comics up in the room and they had just like built the Airbnb. And I guess they didn't know how to like 
adjust the like the temperature and so it was like 90 degrees in the Airbnb <laughs> they were like sleeping above the sheets and they're still pretty grateful for it yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Really nice. yeah and then the next time I I couldn't get they I couldn't get access to that Airbnb so I was like I'll just put them up somewhere and my idea at the time was like I just want them as close to the venue as possible yeah but I went and I checked out the place first because I was like I'm not gonna put them in I'm not gonna put yeah this woman up in a place that like <laughs> is not safe and I remember like I went there and like there was like a, a key and I kind of looked around and it was seemed pretty normal and I checked out the room the room seemed clean and I was like cool I didn't realize that there was a man that lived in the house oh, yeah and so I didn't tell her that so I just set her in the house and there's literally like it was like the movie Parasite. Like, there yeah. was just like, oh, no. Or Barbarian, there was, too. Yeah, there was just like a dude in the house, but he didn't like say a word to her. And he was just like just scurrying just, around doing stuff. And, a silent man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's a nightmare. So, yeah, so like, uh, I don't think she's going to do my shows anymore. <laughs> I do. I try to do shows with my boyfriend a fair bit mm. um, because it just does make it a lot easier. Yeah. Like, I always know, okay, this is the person I'll be staying with. Mm-hmm. Uh, no one's going to get like super weird. It's uh, helpful. <laughs> it's my escort. Um, How come you didn't ask me what my least favorite part of traveling coming is? <laughs> what is your no. least favorite part of traveling? Driving no. me around? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always fun because the, the way there, you're energetic. We have good conversations. And then without a beat on the way back, five minutes in. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, all right, buddy. Sleeping. <laughs> Sleepy time. Uh, I hate, I've gotten used to like, I'm not a good traveler. Like, I don't like long car rides. I don't yeah. like being in a car. I get very nervous oh, if yeah. we're driving into like big city, like anything bigger than Indianapolis. Like driving mm-hmm. into Chicago, I have like a low grade panic attack. I mean, it's brutal. Even driving through Gary is like a nightmare. Yeah. Well, like 12 lanes of traffic and everyone's doing 90 miles an hour. I'm just like white knuckling the side of the car. So when I first started doing comedy, I was really bad at it. It was like, well, if you want to travel around doing comedy, you're just going to have to like get over it. So I feel like sleeping just cuts a lot of that anxiety down. I'll be be asleep when we die. So it's fine. I am famously a bad driver, um, but my boyfriend can't drive. Oh, Uh, so he's just got to observe me. Is it just like a New York thing because you don't need to, you don't have to drive? Yeah, I barely yeah. drove before I moved to, but I basically got my car a month ago. And before that, I'd driven, you know, 10 times in the mm. last 12 years. So I, it'll come. Well, maybe it won't. I might not get better. <laughs> so does he, uh, is he a backseat driver? Well, look out for that or do that. Or what's his demeanor like when you're driving? He does this thing where he'll say, watch out mm. for something. <laughs> <laughs> And but he never points at it, yeah. and so I don't know what the problem. Or he reads the signs like we were driving, and he would be like, "Stop!" I'm like, "No, I can. I'm bad at driving. I'm reading." <laughs> Green light means go. Come on. So mostly, I make him look out for deer when we're in rural areas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Have you ever hit a deer? Never hit a deer. No, mm-hmm. not yet. <laughs> I will. There's time. Have you? Yeah, I used to deliver pizzas, and I yeah. uh, I hit one when I was out on delivery. And I felt so bad because, like, I knocked it into this like ravine, oh. and it was still alive. Oh. And I'm like, I was like looking at it, and I like went up and told the people whose house it was, and I was like crying and stuff. Oh. 
And then like I saw I, I for some reason all this didn't look at my car. Mm-hmm. And then oh. I went back out and my car is just fucked up. Oh. And then I just started like cursing at the deer. And just like, oh, <laughs> hope you fucking burn in hell, deer. What you did to my car. I can't fix this. I can't afford to fix this. I know my grandma did once. She got it like all up in the grill of her car. We were talking last night about um, her high school in Bloomington. There was a strip club right across the street called Night Moves. And like, I've been to Night Moves before. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. It was. I've been to Night Moves. Yeah. 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 (laughs) That's the best. I've been to Night Moves. It was the most aggressive strip club I've ever been to. Like, really, like you'd walk in and girls would be like, you want to take me for that dance? I'm like, I just walked in. I don't know what was happening before I got in here. I just, uh, they used to have this uh, billboard up that was like all the vice principals, but they bought it. So it was like, the way I remember it, you'd like see it immediately. And then after the strip, like the strip clubs right after it. Mm. So it looked like they were trying to either block it or advertise for it. <laughs> mm. Was uh, did you did you know anybody that worked there? Did you know of anybody that worked there? My friend's friend, I think I may have mentioned this last night. She stripped like deep into her pregnancy. Okay, <laughs> um, but she was the only one who I knew. I guess it didn't pay great no. for the yeah. Is that no. why they were more aggressive too? Yeah, yeah. It yeah, was like you got to make my night they, worth it. I'm they gonna... they <laughs> had to make they had to make some money. Yeah, it was. Uh, man, I I briefly worked not at night moves, but I was a bouncer at a strip club. Uh, briefly, like we were talking about all the gross stuff at a strip club last night, and it reminded me of this: that there was a um, a brother and sister, a brother that worked as he was the door guy, and his sister was a dancer, Oof. and so he just had to like look at his sister naked Jeez. like half the day, and I was like, I there had to be a better job, there has mm-hmm. to be a better job because this is not like doorman paid real well, no, you know, like what town was it in? This was in Indianapolis. Oh, well, this was. Do you, do you remember there was like an incident uh, years ago when the Pacers were involved in a shooting at a strip club? It was that strip club. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so they were making good money. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's pretty yeah. Nice. yeah, they had Pacer players there. <laughs> yeah, it was it was a bad club. Yeah, I, have, yeah. I, I have a whole bit about it. I'm not doing that. Because that's got to be weird. Yeah, we're around the holidays. That's got to be weird at Thanksgiving when you're in. How's work going for you? brother and sister you I, know i will say oh, the strip club's going great i i will say this about i guess nudity in general like because like people are like oh is that so and i'm like you'd be surprised how quickly nudity becomes boring when you're at work you know what i'm saying because it's just like everybody wops you, you see what everyone looks like naked and then you have to still work a nine-hour shift together. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's a lot of girls smoking cigarettes, complaining about their kids and their, you know, bills. Yeah. And it's just like, it's not the sexy romp you think it is. It's it's a lot of like, I got to get a babysitter and blah, blah. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, I mean, in some ways, maybe his family thought it was so beautiful. He's like protecting his sister. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Like, this is a sibling dynamic. <laughs> yeah. Ugh. I wish I had that support in my family. <laughs> Uh, let's take a quick commercial break and we'll be right back. This week on the After Brunch Podcast. I came in fourth the first time I did it, then third the second time, and then like 130th <laughs> this year. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. And like it just, and I don't know. I don't think it makes yeah. any kind of sense. And it's just like, it, I, I guess, yeah, it's really good for one person. You know? Do you like, feel like you phoned it in the third time, though? Be honest. I definitely didn't prepare very like I didn't. You thought you had it. I just like went there and just like wrote a set right before I went up. Yeah, that's the lesson you had to learn, man. Yeah. 
man. Did did you bring anybody? <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, just like a girl that I thought I was gonna do really well. Mm-hmm. It was like a first date or something like oh, that. Oh shit! Yeah. You did a first date. <laughs> I mean, Bro. we had known we had known each other. Uh, that's like crazy shit. Uh, and then we got eliminated. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> Join us at patreon.com slash harder brunch. And we're back. Um, we do this thing uh, every week. It's uh, another one of our sponsors, which is Smoking Goose. And we had some of their delicious products today. We call it the Smoking Goose Brunch Breakdown. Um, and that is, we just talk real quick about the menu that we made today. And... We always try to have a theme, and sometimes it's it's based on a holiday, or sometimes it's based on you know just a theme that we want to do. A lot of times it's based on the the comic, and sometimes if I know very little about the comic, I just have to guess. So I, I did like <laughs> rough guesstimate on the geography of places I believed you lived at one point. <laughs> so the the first course uh, wasn't; it was just a, a salad. <laughs> it, was, <laughs> it was a fantastic salad. It was a great salad. Uh, but the first course was. Uh, candied pecan and pomegranate salad. I like a nice seasonal salad. A nice, you know, any chance to. I I didn't really know the proper way to cut a pomegranate till this morning. I used oh. I used to just hack at it like a madman, and I was like, I should know this. I usually rip it apart. Is that not you're supposed away? to? You're supposed to cut like the like a lid off of it, and then it's segmented into four, and then you cut around the sides of it. And then it almost pops open, and they all Ooh. fall out. This is so embarrassing. And but Does yeah, everyone I, listening to this know about. It? <laughs> I mean, I didn't, and I, I should. No, I, I didn't know that. Either. I went to culinary school. Yeah, easy to segment it in two minutes. And then the this even cooler trick is, you put them all like in a bowl of water, and uh. and the pomegranates will sink, and all the pulp will will rise to the top, and then you can skim Ooh. the pulp off and separate them. This is a big yeah. day for me. All right. I had to go to three stores to find a pomegranate. <laughs> 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 like, like, all right. Oh, they're not in season in Indiana no. right now? Every, like, I went shopping on Black Friday, which was a terrible oh idea. Oh, so like all oh, the like gosh. the local places I normally mm-hmm. go were closed and like a lot of places were just like out of stuff randomly. Um so the first place that I saw that you lived was North Carolina. Yes. And you said you lived there when you were like a like a baby. Yeah, yeah, maybe moved at like three or four. I don't know. I don't remember. So no memories of North Carolina. Yeah, I got nothing. Okay, <laughs> well that's good. Um, so we did, and you, you're, would you say your parents were teachers? Yeah, yeah, they're both professors. They're professors, and do they would they work at the same like universities? Yeah, so I think um, Durham. My mom was a stu- like a grad student, so not like quite skinless, <laughs> um, or like finishing our PhD. And then yeah. my dad was a teacher, a professor. And then they went to state college together, mm-hmm. and then Boston State College, Indiana. Okay, but yeah, they tried. They always tried to get jobs together. Okay, so um, the uh, sweet potato was like the one of the main vegetables, like the official vegetable of North Carolina. <laughs> And so I made a, a sweet potato hash. It was so good. And I used the, um, uh, I'm sorry, I used the uh, pig and fig uh, from Smoking Goose, pig and fig terrine, which, man, that thing, you throw that in the middle of like a charcuterie board with some bread, it's it's next level. That was amazing. amazing. If, what is terrine? Just like a very sophisticated. It's a pate. Okay. Pate. Yeah. Okay. Like, a, like a force meat or a pate. Um 
we've had the uh, the owner on here before, and the guy's just amazing. Like he's a he's a meat wizard. You know? He's just, <laughs> does some amazing stuff. I'm your meat guy. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, they're they're like. Yeah, they they have uh, a place called Goose the Market, which does like deli stuff, and then this Ooh. is their whole wholesale one. But uh, they're they're sponsors of us. We like to use their product, and it, it's definitely a thing where it's like you can usually drop like a smoking goose product in any dish, and then people are like, oh, like this is really cool. I'm like, yeah, I didn't make that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I just slipped it in there. There hasn't been one bad thing I've had from smoking goose. Yeah, yeah it's, it's amazing. I mean, uh, <laughs> if you read, we're looking at the ingredients right now. Like the first four ingredients are pork, like different kinds of pork. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm gonna get my dad some. That was really good. And then. Um, the second, the next course was oh, from because you lived in Bloomington, mm-hmm. and so I was like, okay, well, I know Indiana cuisine very well, uh-huh. <laughs> so we went with uh, biscuits and gravy, yeah. and uh, typically I would have gone and got smoking goose sausage, but they were closed. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I I was like driving around looking for a great local sausage, mm-hmm. and everybody was closed, and yeah. it was like the last thing on my list. And finally, I was like, I'm just gonna season the hell out of this. <laughs> But uh, one of my favorite things to do making biscuits and gravy and making them very Hoosier mm-hmm. is deep fried biscuits. Yeah. I've yeah. never had those before. That was very good. That was always something that like like my grandma would have like a company party like a, in the summertime. Ooh. And the caterers would always have deep fried biscuits and like apple butter and stuff. And I would like cut it in half and I'd make like a sandwich out of it. And uh-huh. it was always... You, you always were kind of sick the rest of the day, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but it's worth it. Yeah, yeah, it was oh, always good. So and, yeah, good. yeah. Biscuits and gravy are definitely one of my top five weaknesses. Actually, given yeah. the amount we can, I don't feel that bad right now, given like how much good food we eat. Yeah, sometimes you just got to keep it right out of the Thanksgiving mode. You know, cause, like, <laughs> sometimes it can be a real sleepy podcast at first. And, My stomach's like peak stretched right yeah. now. This is the time I can fit the most. Like, I don't want to talk about comedy right now. <laughs> I feel ill. Um, and then, um, did I skip one? Did I? Nope. Okay. And then the dessert was uh, New York cheesecake, which I realized sometimes I'm just like, yeah, I can cook that. I don't think I've ever made a New York cheesecake before. And I was like, yeah, I got all the ingredients. And then I like looked at it. I was like, got done with the show last night. It was like two hours. <laughs> I started making it at midnight. Oh, my God. And so like I was like setting alarms and like watching TV. And like twice I fell asleep. No. And the alarm woke me up. And I was like, what am I doing? And I'm like, oh, shit, you're still cooking. Let's not burn the house down. That was great. The, the cranberry sauce was really good. Thank you. I uh, yeah, I was trying to make it a little little festive, a little holiday, and like sometimes it's sometimes the theme really just kind of helps put a through line full because like none of that really makes <laughs> sense without the theme. Like what are we do biscuits and gravy, and then we had cheesecake, and <laughs> yeah. it, was, it was all over the place. But uh, it was fun to kind of do that regionally. I hope you liked it. It was amazing. I feel like it's almost the same as like comedy. If you have a box, like you have some sort of restriction, it makes it so much easier to be creative and design mm, something. Work within it. Yeah. Do you? How do you feel about working like clean? I can do it, but most of my jokes are like a tiny bit dirty. Mm-hmm. Like so, it's not. I wouldn't say I'm especially dirty as a comedian. Yeah. But everything's got like one or two. So you cut most of my act. If it's got to be like clean, clean. And I also honestly think that like clean, it, it so depends on where you are. What is clean? Yeah, yeah absolutely. And I, I kind of think it's an old idea 
based on when comedians were much more homogenous. Like comedians mm. were our three types. They're either uh, black guys who only worked a certain kind of room, white guys, or Jewish guys who were at that time classified separately. And all of that was like one specific type. And the clean was honestly just the white guys. Mm. Like too much non-Christian religion, that wasn't clean. Yeah, Too much race, that wasn't clean. Mm-hmm. So now when we have so many more perspectives, I think there really is no standard for clean. <laughs> I've had, I've had so many different, like when people say that, I'm always like, can you give me a next layer? Yeah. of definite? Cause like, I remember working uh, for a guy who wanted us to work. It was that steakhouse comedy guy mm-hmm. and he wanted us to work clean. But then like, I tried to be work clean the first night and then like, Gwen's up there cussing and stuff. And I was like, <laughs> shit, he's like, great job. And I was like, <laughs> Yeah, I thought you wanted clean, but he very specifically had someone that like had gone on and was had a whole bit about like it had to do with like menstruation and and like all this stuff. And people are eating like baked potatoes, you know, so like he just didn't want that. Yeah, but like he would say work clean, but like then I've worked for people that like uh, were like, no, like. Mormon clean, like yeah. don't know. Totally. I, I think if they ask for, I sometimes ask like, is it the movie rating? Yeah, they yeah. want it to be G, PG, PG. You know, I'll give them an example. <laughs> sometimes I have this like newer joke that I'm trying to figure out. That the title of it's just the skinless penis joke, <laughs> but it's a clean joke. <laughs> but I don't think it would. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like Even a, just saying skinless penis, penis is like not clean. <laughs> I'm using the official title. <laughs> still. Yeah, no, I mean, can I, you look out uh, skinless no, penis? No, no, <laughs> not, not no, on, no, sorry, sorry, not on that computer. See. <laughs> not on his school issued computer. We've always got that in trouble so many times, oh, just no. googling stuff on this. This isn't the Joe Rogan experience. I text it to you, Dustin. All right, all right, perfect. He's gonna get his. Yeah, I mean, like. You know, I have a joke where I talk about making love, and mm-hmm. I'm like, "Well, that's it's TV clean." Yeah, but like, is that I don't. Yeah, some people like, and then I'm also like, "What do you guys want to? What do you want to talk about? Like, you want knock knock jokes? Like, what do yeah, we yeah. like?" Dead there's jokes. a point of view. Like, I mean, I don't know. For certain opportunities, I, I've done it, but like, also, it's just like I, I'm not like a rated G guy. Like, yeah. I, like the stuff that I think is funny is, you know, like I was probably laughing the loudest that you're like dark jokes that were dividing the room last <laughs> night. You know, like I was laughing. Into, I would like not even hear the audience response. Yeah. I would just laugh because it was like funny and it surprised me. And then I'd see like half the audience laugh and half the audience be like, oh, I shouldn't laugh at that. Yeah. That's, that's a bad one. That's the stuff I usually don't post online because I think <laughs> like in a club, people have consented to hearing stuff like that. Yeah. But online, it's no, they'll misinterpret. <laughs> but that's so crazy that because I say some fairly terrible things sometimes but that's technically clean. Yeah. And so you're more okay yeah. with hearing that than, I don't know, like a light cum joke. Yeah, right. <laughs> that's strange. <laughs> we had a club, yeah. It's not here anymore that was R.I.P. Squeak, squeaky. You had to be squeaky clean. And well, and it didn't. Then that's fine. If like I, I'm yeah. also like, if you take a gig and those are like the parameters of the gig, yeah. then like mm-hmm. I always thought, I never understood like the comic that would like take a clean gig and then go up to, they want me to work fucking clean yeah. out here yeah. and then just like you know you're an asshole you had a contract and you just yeah, like you, you knew what you were signing up but uh this place would also like when you would go there it'd be like okay work clean but then they would almost kind of like 
try to talk you into being a clean comic when you were there. Mm-hmm. They were like, you know, you don't need to use all those dirty yeah. words. Like you can, and like, <laughs> if one more person tells me, I can. All right, if one more person tells me that I could, uh, that I could make more money working clean, I'm like, we all know that. Okay, we all know we could get a corporate gig. Yeah, with clean jokes. But I don't think it's like more virtuous, like this idea that you're a better comedian. Yeah. I think if you're a versatile comedian, you should be able to do a lot of things. But because you're always clean, that makes you better. It's just what yeah. you're interested in. Yeah. I'm trying to think. Uh, how how much how much clean time do you think you have? Fifteen, mm. maybe. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I realized I have exactly 20. Yeah. <laughs> I don't have 21. I got exactly 20. Uh, what about you, BJ? Um, I can do. I've done. I'm trying to right now. With I have no curse words in anything I say. Mm. Um, but I use other words. But I use other creative ways. Like one of them is like. But the but the content of what you're saying is yeah. The content is like I refer to my wife's vagina as a Reuben. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Explain. Yeah. So that way they have to imagine it. But I I tried to do that without because when I first started hosting. I didn't want to go up here and be the F. I love the host. I love the host. I enjoy crowd work. I love mess with people. It comes Mm -hmm. from podcasting and my job Mm -hmm. as a trainer. Imagine that. (laughs) I'm responsible for people's livelihoods. But that's what that's what I learned from it was like, just get up there and just be able to do that. But I've also learned is I also test the audience as a host. Like I have one joke where I can take it one there, then add a next step and then another step to Mm -hmm. see like that way the rest of the the rest, everybody's coming up like, okay, now we gauge. So I try to yeah. set it up for the rest of the comedians because it's not about me. I always forget because I, I get used to doing longer sets and you like build, you have time to build trust. Mm-hmm. And then I'll get like on a shorter set and then I'll just get straight into like a raunchier joke and people yeah. are like, whoa, yeah, buddy, yeah, like, what yeah. are you doing? And I'm like, oh, we didn't build the trust. I forgot. Yep. I pretty religiously open on the same joke. And this one, I it's getting to the end. I need to replace it. Usually I do it for like a year and a half. Mm. But it's because I, I do like to know, since I do that joke almost every set, I'm like, okay, I know how they'll respond to that. And if they're not responding to it in the way I think they should, okay, then this is going to be harder. Uh, <laughs> Here's yeah. how I should reroute. Yeah, yeah. It's like my my guidepost joke. That's no, that's, that's smart. That is smart. Like, yeah, I definitely, there's definitely like a point usually in the act where I'm just like, Oh, they should have been laughing right now. Yeah. Like, they have been laughing. That was that. That was that a couple of weekends ago when I was on the road. It was like Whew. it always starts when it's like, yeah, that's one of my top three jokes. It's been a while. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, they got nothing, and you're like, shit. There, Am so, I a good comic? Yeah, there's something about like something that always hits, not hitting, that just feels like. Like the rug got pulled out from under you. You're just like, no, that's that was supposed to be. That was a guaranteed laugh. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's like if I don't know how that's going to go, then I don't really know how any of this is going to go. <laughs> it's scarier. Yep. But then I would find the, the, that crowd, they would laugh. It's that they would laugh at the wrong parts of jokes. <laughs> yeah. Like the stuff they thought was funny. I was like, that's the weakest joke. Yeah. Like, was like, like, you love that. Okay, all right. I will play a game while, where I'll ask them what they want. And the most, the one I can do any time is dark, dirty, or silly. And then I'll give them something. But if they're really disengaged, yeah. So that then they've picked their path and they have a little bit more buy in. Uh, yeah. But if I'm working on new stuff, I'll do like, um, okay, do you want to hear about uh, my cat or my boyfriend? Mm. They pick one and you'll kind of go through it. I, I think when I go outside of like, you know, a big city, like outside of Minneapolis, uh, 
uh, in a lot of small towns will really like it, but I think like I I have a big chunk about like race, mm. and I feel like a lo- sometimes people just tighten up like he's not trying to teach us anything, yeah, is he? Yeah. Totally. And then I think once they realize like I'm just making jokes, yeah. then then it's fine. But I feel like there's always kind of like okay, like he's yeah. talking about being black. We'll see how that goes. It's so crazy because it's often the like free speech people, the like you yeah. should be able to say anything, yeah. but they're very sensitive. Yeah. Sounds like some critical race theory. Yeah. Yeah, I know. <laughs> They're indoctrinating the comics too now. I remember having to say that one time. I was like, I'm not trying to teach anyone anything. Yeah. Do you not see the flags on the way in? Yeah. <laughs> They're hung from the school. But also, like, those small town rooms will, like, be the most surprising because I think a lot of times too is like they're just excited that somebody came out to do comedy there. Yeah. Like we, there's from a the big city. Yeah. Like, oh, they're from even if it's Indianapolis, New York, wherever. Like there's a town yeah. called like Rushville that's just like you know an hour, forty five minutes from here, and we had a comic who was from there and like rented out like the th- main theater mm-hmm. in town to do a show and brought us all out there, and it was. I don't know, it was, you know, 300 people or whatever, but it was like the whole town was there. Yeah. And it was just like they were lining up to like buy merch and stuff afterwards. And they just, and I was just like, when I walked in, I just saw, uh, I was like, I don't think this is going to go well for me. 300 white people. Yeah. I "I don't know if they're going to like this. (laughs) And they they liked everyone. Yeah. Also, one of the best things is when you hear a comic go up before you that was like, they're they're not as good as me. Yeah, and they're killing. Yeah, and then you're like, oh, this is great. <laughs> Though that makes me nervous because I'm like, oh shit, now I've got to keep it going. Oh, like I'd yeah. rather someone not do too well in oh. front of me because then I'm like, okay, I now I know the bar is not high. Because then if you don't do as well, yeah. Then, yeah. yeah, you're gonna second guess. Like if I'm in a competition, I won't watch the person in front of me because mm. I don't want to be comparing myself to them. Yeah. Have you had any luck in competitions? So so I did that um, the World Series that. Mm thing um that was good i think i i won one of those uh but i've been thinking about this a lot because you want to be able to kill for every audience obviously like that's the skill but i also think you don't want to flatten yourself out like you don't want to take away what's unique about you yeah and in the end some of the most successful people have done that Mm. so that they're the most palatable yeah and i think you can do that too early Mm. And lose your voice as a comedian. Yeah. So I'm kind of moving away from competitions because yeah. I think to make yourself reliably successful in them at at my skill level, at a higher skill level, who knows, but to make yourself reliably successful at my skill level, you have to take away some of the edgier stuff, the unique stuff. Right. Yeah, 100 percent. I personally I think I'm, I'm I'm glad I've done the competitions that I have, but like I don't. Like, I, that's not how I approach comedy, you mm-hmm. know, it's like to me, like comedy is a, it's a competition of me against myself, Yeah, yeah. you know, so it's just like, I love the fact that everyone's different and everyone mm-hmm. does whatever, but like, there's like some, some people on there, like, man, like, like the person who won this year's like Indies Funniest, it was, I was in the finals mm-hmm. and it was I've never seen a more unanimous decision. Like all the comics, like everyone like that was yeah. in the contest was like, Oh, she won. Who was yeah. it? Uh, Aisha Brown. I don't know. Um, she, 
like it was just across the board the audience the judges the <laughs> comic like we once she went up we were all like oh we're fighting for second yeah. place <laughs> do you think like, she was the best or was she the best that night she was the best definitely the best that night but she's also one of the best comics in the yeah world, that's I think. awesome but uh, i mean we went and then die like i told you and it was like but he one thing that separated dyke from some other people was how um he looked like a professional comedian. Yeah. Yeah. The way he held the stage, the way he went back and forth, the way he talked to the crowd, and there was no waste in motion. It was smooth, slow. So I also went first, and I had one of the judges come up to me right afterwards and was like, never seen someone win. <laughs> had to go first. And I was like, you didn't have to tell me that. That's <laughs> yeah. the thing about competitions. Yeah. The yeah. order the matters yeah. so much. Like, I, I very rarely see people win from first. Or even sometimes win from last if it's a late show because mm, they're yeah. drunk, they're tired, yeah, yeah, yeah. they're check drops sometimes. Or, yeah. yeah, and yeah. I just I don't I don't know I just I don't I don't enjoy that feeling. We mm-hmm. we did one on that we did like a bar show once. <laughs> where we drove like three hours. We drove three Evansville, hours Indiana, or what, to yeah. Evansville, Indiana, and then like the guy who was putting it on basically it was like his favorite comedian was in the contest and it was like the most like transparent thing. And it was, it wasn't just his favorite comedian. He was also like the hometown hero of this bar. Like he lived one town over. Yeah. And I was like, I could have just mailed you my money. Like you didn't have to, you didn't have to drive down here for this. Yeah. Because when they brought, yeah. And they were like, Oh, this next guy, he's one, everybody's favorite comic. He's a hometown. And it was like, what the fuck did we even I mean, Why when, is it a competition? When jokes are built in a room, they're just going to do better because that person mm-hmm. has an exact idea of like what the parameters of the room are, what yeah. the room likes. Um, yeah, that, yeah, I hate competitions. And so, like yeah. It was a money you, you You feel so, I don't know, like I feel so different. Even like like by the end, we, were, we had a bunch of stuff that we had been doing. Um, so like by the time I was in the finals, like I was just, I just wanted to be done with it one yeah. way or another. And like, you know, I had a good set. I was happy with what I did. The person won who should have won. Like it was fine. But then afterwards, everyone's like, oh, it's okay, man. And I'm like, look, I'm not, you doing this is making me feel worse than I was feeling. I was fine with not winning. This is the thing. I am a sore loser. I'm like the worst (laughs) loser. And I'm not mean to the other people, but I have to go sulk about it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, And so it's like, oh, why even do it? Why put yourself through it? Yeah, Just buy someone a drink. Or pick yeah. up their bar tab, right? That's all yeah. you have to do. Yeah, it was yeah. real nice. <laughs> oh, that's a Get, good picture of you on the website. Yeah, yeah well, that was uh, 100 pounds ago. <laughs> <laughs> that was before, I, like, uh, bef- that was, like, my first year in comedy. It's like some Sammy Sosa whitewashing. It's <laughs> <laughs> like Grant Weber we were talking about. Yeah, young one. young Grant. <laughs> says the... Uh, Can't, he's, says, what nice, he say? Nice pixelated picture there, Grant. It should, yeah. <laughs> the N-word's coming back. Is that what he said? <laughs> <laughs> Heard it here first. Said it's like a boomerang. <laughs> if you're listening, Grant. There you go. Uh, okay, please take that picture of me off. <laughs> I've gotten into um, I've gotten into Ubers before, and the Uber driver's like, "Doesn't look like you." No, <laughs> that's right. so mean. Uh, all right, man. All right. <laughs> I don't know any of these. It's so crazy how many comedians there are. Oh, but then yeah. also like we don't know half of these people. Yeah. These people came out of the woodwork. That's oh, I love crazy. it when they're they're like, oh, they're competition. This is their first time on mm-hmm. stage, yeah. and they signed up for a competition. That guy has a microphone in his name. Yeah. What? <laughs> oh yeah, oh, Mike, Mike, Mike Shaw. Mike Shaw. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. Some of these, a lot of these people, like, 
You'll never see him again. Yep. Interesting. Um, I love the mo- the more ostentatious the stage name, the worse the yeah. they usually yeah. are too. Yeah. Like if someone's like, you could tell they spend a lot of time on their stage name and no time on stage. Yeah. Um. Oh, there I am. Oh yeah, that there was some yeah, real my... characters there. Yeah. Look <laughs> yeah, at that. Yep. Yep. Oh yeah, Lumiere. <laughs> That's a killer name. Bro. Yeah. And then and it's like, I don't. It's one of those things where it's like, the first two rounds you are just assume that you move on. It's like, I'm going to feel real bad if I don't move on with this guy who's first time on stage, this person who's clearly medically insane, you know, but then they brought 40 friends and they move on. And also the thing (laughs) is, I think when, um, the show is not strong, the audience can get confused and they start to respond to weird stuff. Mm, yeah. So if the show's been pretty weak, I think then the audience will sometimes go to really edge lordy stuff because they want to be shocked. Yeah. Uh, they some- just want something. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the guy doesn't even a get a name. No name. <laughs> I have a lot of trouble. There's some comics I have trouble following because one of the like rules of my set is almost everything's true or could be true in mm, some way. Mm-hmm. But if someone goes up before me who lies a lot, it's it's weird for me to follow because it breaks that idea of truth. And then oh. my jokes seem less, um, they just hit less hard. They're less real. That's interesting. Uh, so that was kind of an interesting thing topic to bring up because, like, I was curious about this, like, like the whole, like, Hassan Minaj, like, yeah. controversy or whatever. Because, like, again, like, you talk about, like, the First Amendment people. Like, yeah. I'm just like, well, well, yeah, I never thought... That what we were saying, like, and I don't know, I didn't do a deep dive to see, like, was was he going on podcasts and saying this stuff is true? Like, I feel like that's a little bit mm. different than, like, in your act, you should be able to say what, like, I mean, is Larry the Cable Guy speaking like the God's <laughs> yeah, honest right. truth? Yeah. Like, what are we talking about here? Like, yeah. did, he, did he really get her done? Yeah. I mean, yeah. <laughs> we don't know. Did yeah. you get her? <laughs> I feel like the problem for Hassan was he, like, I don't know him. I've never worked with him. Um, but... It's not that he can't do it. It's that his audience valued his work because they thought it was true. Mm, so it's not yeah. like he's like done some terrible thing. It's that what people believed about him is no longer true. So they're no longer fans. But whereas like they tried to cancel like Joey Diaz a while mm. ago, but everyone who was a fan of Joey Diaz was like, yeah, we love everything you're saying about him. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's why we like him. Yeah, right. So it didn't work. But for Hassan's people, they thought... Because I think he had one about um, like his his daughter having an anthrax scare, mm. and that's heavy to yeah. Ma- and he, it's a long story, or like the girl who um, dumped him for the prom, and it it seemed pretty racial, but he like totally made it up. Like, well, you could imagine what it'd be like if they did. <laughs> but people looked her up and doxed her. Oh shit! And she got in touch with him. And was like, hey, could you? Tell people, like, this isn't true. Yeah. And he didn't do anything. Like, he didn't uh, say. So I, that that's where it starts to blur the lines for me of, like, what's going on here. And, again, I don't know him. I, I yeah. guess this piece, he was, like, really open with the reporter. But she didn't tell him it was a hit job. Mm. So that, I don't know, that's yeah, kind of complicated. Drunk. Right. Like, uh, you know what? I lie all the time. <laughs> it's fine. But, yeah, I guess I didn't. I guess I don't know what the difference between like embellishing yeah. and lying when it comes to your like stand up comedy. Can, can I intertwine? Yeah. Like, so I do bits about me and my wife being married together 25 years, right? So, one of the bits, some of it's 
like one of my best jokes is not true, mm-hmm. but it's something her and I have talked about. Like I have sleep apnea and I'll take NyQuil. And there's been times like right before shenanigans, like she's fallen asleep or I've fallen asleep during mid of it. I was like, could you imagine if I fell asleep going down on you? Yeah. yeah she's yeah. like, oh my God, it'd probably be great. Cause you'd snore. Mm-hmm. And I turned it into a joke. Yeah. Right. So that aspect, I get yeah. it. Right. But like anything that's like trying to get you like, Oh, like, like, you know, yeah. If you were like had a joke about your kids or something, like yeah, just like my, doing something that yeah. wasn't true, or bringing in my being part Hispanic or whatever, and saying how much adverse they overcame. I'm like, what adversity? You know what I'm saying? Mm. Yeah. But he had a prominent, prominent career mm-hmm. of like eventually what taking over for the Daily Show, right? He it looked they never announced oh. it. It but looked it like looks he was going like to yeah, be the guy. Yeah. Be the guy. Yeah. And that and that's where that's probably where you know Comedy Central and I think they're owned by Viacom. Yeah. Yeah. Which owns MTV and everything, they're gonna put a they're gonna put a bunch of money because behind them, and you know so. I mean, when I was at that comedy festival, that Steve Ranazizi dude was there, <laughs> and they're like, "Yeah, it's the guy that lied about nine eleven. He's right there." <laughs> oh my god! Yep. I mean, oh, go ahead. No, I was gonna say, yeah. What if I come out and say? I really haven't been sober over five yeah. years. <laughs> I've been secretly drinking off stage. All I would, the time. I would just call that the prestige. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, yeah, this guy, he, he really fooled us all in the best possible all way. All my, Sober materials full of shit. Yeah. Spe- speaking of not drinking, we are sponsored by Upland Brewery. <laughs> yeah. nice. Upland Brewery. Um, oh. I just started my uh, six months of not drinking today, so I will not be having a... Usually that's what that is always. You can always count on yeah. him to drink an Upland beer. And they have uh, the champagne one, correct? The champagne velvet. Yeah. I had that last... Mm-hmm. I had that two weeks ago. This is this is a great... Uh, what I call like cutting the grass beer. You know, this is I, don't, I don't drink. Um, I had that. Smooth. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, even pick some up on the way home. They um, Upland is uh, for my kids. <laughs> Upland is sponsoring us. Uh, we're having an event. Uh, no, this will be out tomorrow. I don't know when this 29th. will come out. Uh, the 29th, uh It's uh, called Merry Chuckle Fest. We're going to be doing our first live podcast. That's not at a um, comedy festival. festival. <laughs> yes. We'll see if anyone actually wants to come out and see it <laughs> and instead not- of just forcing it on people like we normally do. But uh, Upland's going to be giving away some great prizes. Very excited. Uh, I heard a rumor that old St. Nick might be dropping in. Mm, uh, nice. We're going to have uh, some 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 of our friends, Sarah, Sarah Pop-Tarts performing, Nate Robinson, uh, some special guests. Um, Is that the White Rabbit, right? The White yeah, Rabbit, the, yeah, the sponsored by Upland. Yeah. Tickets are on sale on eventbrite.com. Come check us out and always go support Upland, uh, Upland Brewing. They were the, uh, I mean... Well, I guess you would have been underage when you were in Bloomington. Yeah. And I, I was never a big beer person. Mm. Um, but you're selling it so well that <laughs> I'm ready to try some. Well, they were like started off in Bloomington, but then they they were also like they were the ones in uh, Parks and Rec. Anytime oh. you see them drinking a beer, they're drinking an Upland. Oh, that's mm. so fun. So I like to pretend that we're in the like the Parks and Rec expanded universe. <laughs> oh, <my laughs> yeah. Well then right there is a part of lying that the reviewer are talking about. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Perfect show. That's already sold me on this. That's incredible yeah. product placement. Can you drop a beat for me there, BJ? Anna, thank you so much for being on the podcast today. You were wonderful. I'm so glad you could make time to to come by. Uh, where can people find you, follow you on social media, and keep up with everything that you're doing? Uh, Anna Cambianco on all socials. Uh, I should make a website, but right now, okay. that's all I got. Oh, yeah. She's got some really great clips. Go give her a follow. Yes, absolutely. Dustin Burkert, where can people find you? 
yeah at, at Dustin Burkert on all the Instagram I almost Facebook, MySpace you can follow me on MySpace <laughs> I almost forgot Thad wasn't sitting in there <laughs> follow me at Thad McKee yeah. all I see is glasses <laughs> BJ uh, BJ underscore Robbins on Instagram uh, fresh and clean Instagram Facebook and then uh, me and Dustin still have our AOL messenger if you'd like to <laughs> send us a message it's every year on Cyber Monday I have to resist the urge to say age sex location because <laughs> <laughs> only only old people get that joke anyway uh, Casey Campbell uh, yeah you can find me on Reddit uh, but under different names just doing psyops you can find me on Instagram at Danger Brewery and please be on the lookout for the GoFundMe that I've been posting I've already hit a 30% goal we are well on our way Nice. you can find me at Dyke Michaels across all social media we also have a Patreon guys uh, go to Patreon uh backslash harder brunch um only three dollars and you get access to our uh deep library of episodes um also get some fun stuff and you get first um first chance to get tickets to a lot of fun events that we have uh we have a merry chuckle fest coming up but then we also have meat cakes coming Woo! up in <laughs> february and this is going to be the biggest meat cakes of all we're gonna we're gonna be at the museum of art like it's crazy it's wild like uh it's insane. Uh, I love you guys. Thank you guys so much uh, for listening, and uh, we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye.